Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment, as it is our custom here. Once our guest comes, we turn it over to them and let them tell us everything that they have created. And then we go back and we uh, dissect that information so that we can get to know them better, to understand their journey and learn of their wisdom so that you and I can become better human spirits. But first, I want to thank Nancy for coming because I know our time and your time is precious. I know that your journey and your insight is precious and it is powerful to you. And so I want to thank you that you are coming and offering both to us at this time. Thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Nancy, tell them about your book. I know about your book. I know about, I was looking at some of the insights that you have. I was listening to the podcast that you've done, and I cannot wait to have this conversation. So talk to the people and tell them what you have done so far. Okay. So I'm a master integrative life coach and I've written a book that's a self-help book. It's a how to do it so that if you are looking to change your life and you're stuck, uh, there's something you want to do in your life that you haven't done. You can't seem to get over the hurdles to make it happen. And you're not ready to hire a coach of your own. You can take my book and do chapter by chapter and exercises by exercises and do the work on your own. So that's I. what I did is I wanted to build something for every level of interaction. So you could start just by reading the book. Or you could get my online evergreen course that has um, 12 weeks of audio lessons and a workbook that go with the book. Or you could go one level higher and do group coaching on Zoom with me and all those other parts to it for 12 weeks with another 10 people. Or you could just coach with me one-on-one. So everything is a product of my work. And my work is basically shadow work. I help people uncover the disempowering beliefs that are held in their subconscious that they're not aware of, but rule their operating system. So if you're stuck, if you're not happy, if you're not moving forward, if you're not living the life and purpose that you want to, you're not living up to your potential, it's because you have beliefs that were formed early in life, the first 10 years of your life. And those beliefs were formed to keep you safe and they did keep you safe. So you should be grateful that you had them because they were formed to keep you safe. But as an adult, they just keep you plain small. And that's the beauty of the work is that you may want a different life. I say, I want to do X, but what I'm experiencing is Y. And you don't understand why you're not getting what you want. It's because of what's in your subconscious that's holding you back. And that's what my work is about. I'm so glad that you're here because everything that you talked about just now is my belief system. I was stuck and I had to deal with something. And I've mentioned that many times on this podcast. I had to face those um, beliefs and began to dismantle them so that I can become who I am today. I want to go back with you, Nancy, a little as to 
uh, way back to your childhood because we all have been programmed. We all have been instilled these different things. And a lot of those belief uh, usually uh, comes uh, on an onset of a, a trauma, how we interpret a situation that may be very simple, but a young child maybe uh, from their point of view interpret uh, differently and it becomes a shadow belief system. I want to talk to you. Uh, I want you to talk to us. Tell us about your childhood. How were you br brought up in your family? Sure. So um, I actually grew up in, I was the third child, the third girl. I was the baby. I was my mother's favorite. And so I actually was brought up believing I could do anything. I could be anything. I was, I was really loved. And I had a happy, really happy childhood. However, when I was five years old, um, I was playing with a lighter and I put myself on fire in my living room and I almost died. My mother heard me scream. She came and she rolled me in a rug and she put me out. And I spent a week in the hospital with all of Vaseline bandages. And But the bottom line is I have no scars left on my body. I never even got in trouble because they were so happy I was alive. And so I didn't actually give it a lot of meaning. I, mm -hmm. It was something that happened. I mean, it was a story I could tell. But honestly... I never thought it impacted my life. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I'm 50 years old, I'm divorced, um, and I was in a car accident. And again, I was very shaken up, but I was not badly injured. And But I was working with a shadow coach, and I was having PTSD. And she took me in and did a session around the accident, telling me that there was something in my subpersonality, some part of me that had something about this accident they wanted me to know. And so I closed my eyes. I got into a meditative state. And what I saw was me at five years old in my little dress the day I put myself on fire. And hmm. I, I was like shocked, literally like blown away. And she said, what does this little girl want you to know? And I waited for something to come up. And she wanted me to know that I wasn't safe alone. Hmm. Now, for a five-year-old that puts herself on fire, that's a true belief. Yeah. I wasn't safe alone. That belief was made to keep me safe. And so it did. And the underlying commitment, which is the strategy that you use to keep your beliefs alive, it's a commitment, it's a promise that you make to yourself, mm -hmm. was to never be alone. Yeah. So that worked for me. I had a million friends. Mm -hmm. I've I'm a serial long-term relationship person. You know, I was married 26 years. I was then with somebody for six years. I'm with somebody now for five years. I have been in a relationship with a man since I was 13 years old. Wow. And I just thought, well, you know, I, I'm a relationship person, but I didn't really realize that this inner child wasn't safe unless she was in a relationship. Wow. And that cost me a lot as an adult because... Once I got divorced, I was, I could have been so much happier with my life, but I was so other referenced. I, I, I lived my life through the eyes of how my husband saw me. Mm -hmm. So when he no longer wanted me, I no longer wanted me. Wow. I lost all my confidence and it really, I was the victim in my story for a very long time. And so that was the awakening that I needed. You know, that was really... I thought I was so happy and so confident and I could do anything, but, but I always thought it was because I was half of a whole. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really believe I was whole all by myself. And that was, that was the lesson from, from my learning. That was the biggest lesson that I needed to learn for the evolution of my soul on this earth this time around. Wow, that is powerful. And as I said um, before you told that story, uh, trauma, um, those shadow beliefs or shadow uh, that we believe that we have, it usually, I've listened to so many interviews, I've done so many interviews, and I listen to people and their stories. And it is how that little child interpret a traumatic situation that creates this image within themselves, their being that they hold close, like you said, we hold it close to protect ourselves. 
And it does protect us, as you stated, and until that day, because I remember my day, my until was when I was walking on campus and a memory of something that happened to me when I was a child came flooding in like, you know, just like a, a, like a tsunami just hit me uh, with all this impactful uh, emotional uh, stuff. And I had to run and hide because, of course, us men, we don't want to be seen crying or whatever. So I'm trying to right. sort this out in a corner somewhere on campus as to what's going on and what's happening with me with this uh, emotion that I had suppressed. Um, but that emotion, once it was revealed to me and I started investigating, it governed everything that I did, all my relationships, everything that everything. I did, Nancy, was governed based mm -hmm. on that. And my life journey on this particular uh, plane and this uh, um, uh, right now is still, I am still walking through aspects of that as each layer keeps coming more and more off. So here you are, you, you've discovered this. That's, that's at 50. Um, we, we, we got so much time to go back, girl. I got to talk. I want you to talk to me about your high school. How did you manage high school after that? Because like I said, these things now begin to, uh, as they give birth, they start manifesting slowly over time in our life they manifest in high school they start showing up in college and then when we become adults we are walking into this beautiful relationship it's something that's absolutely horrendous in our belief system talk to me as to how you handled your high school years how was that I, i'm telling you i had a great childhood and all the way through high school experience and all the way through um one of the things that happens with shadow beliefs is that one way or the other, we all get down to, I'm not good enough yes. or I'm unworthy. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I was brought up to that I was worthy and mm -hmm. I was good enough. Yet when you have an experience like my divorce that made me no longer special because yeah. my husband no longer wanted me, now I was not worthy anymore. And yeah. so one way or the other, we all get down there. But in terms of my growing up in my high school and my college and I got straight A's and I was magna cum laude and I could, I just was like in a great place. I got married at 21 to the love of my life and we built a great family. I have two sons. I now have four grandchildren. So I can look back and see, you know, I have a BA in psychology and sociology and then I have a master's in education. And then I became a personal trainer and I owned a gym for 16 years. And so from where I sit now, I can look back and piece together how all of these fit together to make me who I am today. Mm -hmm. But my belief as a child, I grew up believing that I was going to be a wife and mother and that defined me. Mm. And... um you know, it's a different generation, but I was brought up that I could do anything. However, whatever I choose as a career should fit into me being a wife and mother first. Wow. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's what girls are learning today, thank goodness, but that is the mixed message that I got. I could be anything. But, you know, love and life meant taking care of others and putting others first. So those are my shadow beliefs. They didn't come out of trauma. Like not all shadow beliefs come out of trauma. Sometimes they just come out of programming, um, Nancy. It's what how you, we are programmed. Yeah, programming. Yeah. Exactly. Society. Exactly. So, for example, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, for example, as a woman, um, I don't think there's any woman it's a rare woman, let's say, that doesn't have body issues. A yeah. rare woman. And I grew up watching my mother always be on a diet. So I grew up with the shadow belief that love and life means struggling with weight. Hmm. So no matter how thin I am, I always feel like I'm not thin enough. Wow. And that's my... That's my shadow belief. And trust me, there's a zillion women that are right behind me. <laughs> and so you have to go back to your programming to really understand why you think the way you do. Yeah. I, I can give you examples of why I became a people pleaser. 
and why I thought that I needed to put my husband and my family and everyone's needs in front of mine. And that's what made, you know, being selfless at the time was how I grew up, that that's what being a good girl meant. Talk to them, Nancy, so I can un- about right there, uh-huh. because um, as you mentioned, there's a lot of women right there uh, where, where with that um, mindset that you had, uh, that you were programmed, there's a lot of women in that yeah. place. And that place, um, I, am, I am a man, so I can only state that it could be a dark place. Talk to me about right there. Okay, right there. All right. Well, so the the how I how I got the shadow belief yes, that love it? and life means putting everyone first. I'll start there, but then I will I will talk about how it affects we as as grown ups as women yeah. how it affects us. But for me, I was five years old. I was in kindergarten, and I was watching I Love Lucy. And my father came home in the middle of the day. And very nicely asked me if I wanted to go with him to this market that was about 45 minutes away to go grocery shopping with him. I said, no, daddy, I'm going to stay home and watch TV. And he said, okay. And he left. Mm -hmm. My mother walks in the room and literally screams at me, bloody murder, that my father came home out of his busy day to spend time with me and how selfish I was. And I became hysterical. And we jumped in the car. They don't, there were no cell phones then. We mm. jumped in the car and I, I think we caught my dad like 30 minutes in. I'm crying the <laughs> whole time. My mother shamed me. Yeah. And I'm sure she was trying to teach me a lesson. But if, if those of you who are listening, if you can think back to times in your life that you were shamed, yeah. there's a shadow belief there. Because shame means you're not a good person. It's different than guilt. Guilt means you might have done something that wasn't good. Shame makes you think you're not a good person. And that stays with you. And years later, in my book, I talk about that exact experience. My mother doesn't even remember it. It changed (laughs) my life. My mother doesn't even remember it. And that's that's the thing about shadow beliefs is that it happens in an instant. Mm -hmm. And... The people around you don't know. They're not responsible for you making that belief. You're making it. You're doing it. But so for we women, and there's a lot of us that are people pleasers who do put everybody's needs in front of our own, who twist ourselves up like a pretzel to become digestible to other people. Mm. All of these things we do make it impossible for us to have healthy boundaries. Yeah. Because we don't even know we we deserve to have our needs met. We're so busy putting other people's needs first that we don't even take stock of what our own needs are. And then what happens is like trying to push a, a beach ball into the pool, under the mm-hmm. water. You push it and you push it and you push it and it comes flying out sideways. <laughs> That's what happens when we stuff our needs down. Yeah. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we're screaming at our partners or our children, you know, why aren't our needs being met? Why yeah. doesn't anybody think about me? What, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so what we women have to learn is that when you become selfless, you disappear. Yeah. There is no you. I'm not advocating for people to go out in the world and become selfish, selfish people but I'm saying you have to balance the two and you have to learn to love yourself and trust yourself and get quiet enough and ask yourself, what do I want? What do I need? And then you have to make yourself a priority. And if you don't make yourself a priority, nobody else will. People are not mind readers. If you don't know what your needs are and ask for them, you cannot expect other people to. I think. And so if you want, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, if you want to learn to set healthy boundaries, you have to first start by making yourself a priority and getting comfortable with asking for what you need. And when I work with clients as a boundary coach, um, I help you script it out so that you make it about you even when you're asking somebody for a request. I feel very disrespected when you talk over me in a meeting. Would you be willing to wait till I'm done talking before you speak? 
Or I feel really angry when you leave your clothes on the floor. Would you be willing to just put them in the bucket? You know, everything is about, I feel X when you do Y. Would Mm -hmm. you be willing to do Z? It's an ask. Yeah, I think this is one of the things, the reason why I wanted you to talk about that space right there, Nancy, because I believe society has a great, um, great uh, amount of influence on us um, as um, a couple, especially the woman with her role as this uh, do it all, get it all, whatever. The principle is this, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I believe that's the correct way to live life because that woman that is doing all of that, she becomes empty and uh, she has nothing to give. You'll come home and you'll see her sitting on the couch totally gone, wiped out because she's given everything. Right. And, and then after everyone comes in, she still has to get up and give more. And I think if we uh, allow her, and this now have to be with a, a mature man to be able to do that, to guide it, the home that way, to allow his wife the space to, because if she is if she's whole, your house is whole, man. And I think society is teaching us wrong. So here you are. You learn your lesson at 50. And that's a powerful lesson to learn because it leads to some place, and I want to get to there. And this journey of identifying yourself with someone else and they have created the vision of what you ought to be and so forth. Talk to me, Nancy, about your journey from that divorce because that was your life-changing space um, that I want to come back a little and, and pick up about you to see how did you manage this divorce with that belief system that you talked about of identifying yourself with there. That's how did you find yourself out? How did you start learning to love Nancy? Find out what makes Nancy excited? All of those things. Talk to us about that. Well, I have to say it was a long journey. I don't want you to think for a second that I just oh, none you know, of it is, pulled it out and, none of it and is was short. able to do Nancy. it. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. I stayed a victim a very long time. Not that mm-hmm. I wasn't dating and trying to like fix that picture, mm-hmm. but here's what happened. When my husband no longer wanted me, then I no longer wanted me. And it didn't matter how many men I dated who told me I was extraordinary and I was beautiful and I was sexy and smart and all those things. It never got inside because I only was concerned with how my ex had seen me. Mm -hmm. And so that was one part of the issue. The other part of the issue is that he went on to live a very big life. You know, he married somebody who was two years older than my sons <laughs> and 23 years younger than him. And I could be a lot of things, but I couldn't be that. <laughs> and I couldn't really, uh, I couldn't stop looking at their life. Like I, yeah. I stopped working. I owned a gym. I stopped working because he was just traveling all around the world with this new wife of his And I was saying, well, if I was still married, that's what I would be doing. And so I lived smaller and smaller Hmm. and and was judging my life through his life. And it took me a really long time to recognize that I needed to stay out of his business. There was my business, there's his business, and there's God's business. And any time I came out of my business... I was going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to learn to stay on my side of the road. And that took a long time. Um, I was in another relationship. It wasn't until that relationship ended that I really realized that there are lessons here that I'm not learning. And that's when I first started to get a coach and I started to uncover like like you had said, the layers, you know, Mm -hmm. we're all like onions and we have layer after layer after layer. And I really started to take a deep dive into myself mm-hmm. and through, I, I actually had a coach for a year before I started my own, um, you know, becoming a coach, which was another year long. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I have many, many certifications and I started to become a mentor in the same organizations and helping other coaches become coaches. And every time you do that, you're still in the conversation Mm -hmm. over and over again. (laughs) And so 
it's you're forever uncovering and uncovering and uncovering. And my advice to people is to learn to stay in integrity with what you tell yourself you're going to do. Yeah. And it's not always easy to do. That's why coaches are great because we become your accountability partner because it's way harder to keep yourself accountable because we've all learned over life, our lifetime, that what we tell ourselves we're going to do, <laughs> we don't really have to do. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Well, you know, you forget about it. You Maybe you lose two pounds and then you lose st- your steam. You forget about it. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to exercise every day. We're so used to making promises and not keeping them. Yeah. And what happens when you do that is you don't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't trust yourself, then who's going to trust you? So self-love and self-confidence and self-trust all come from taking tiny little steps one at a time, following through, staying in integrity with what you say yourself, you tell yourself you're going to do. And it doesn't matter if you fail, because if you fall, you're falling forward. You're so proud of yourself for taking the chance and sticking with something Yeah. that whether you win or lose, that's what's supposed to be happening. There are lessons, yeah. there's stepping stones. And if you are so afraid of failing that you don't even try, you've already failed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're afraid that you're going to feel shame or stupid for not trying and you don't try, well, aren't you already ashamed? Yeah. Don't you already feel stupid? So it's a journey back to self. It's all inner work. And I think that people out there who are not making themselves a priority and are not following through with their commitments and are living in fear of fear of failure, fear of success, fear of looking stupid, fear of not being enough, fear of being found out, whatever. If you live in those fears and you don't move forward, then you think that other people are fearless, that they're in a fearless state. And that's why they can move forward. Nobody is in a fearless state. Nobody not a, does. Not a single Those of soul. us who move forward, <laughs> not a single soul. Yeah. Not a single soul. Yeah. I have learned that if I'm afraid to do something, that's my impetus to do it. I Same. must do it. Yep. That Same here. Growth is waiting for me on the other side of that. Blessing is beyond that fear. That's why I'm passionate. Yeah. The blessing is on the other side. On the other side. You you have to embrace it. Um, And uh, my journey with love, falling in love with myself, I took it to the extreme in a sense that, and my friends and my family and all of them would laugh at me, um, Nancy, because of how I did it. Because my thing was shame. I had... Um, I was wearing shame as a cloak that covered my entire being. And when I started my journey to free myself from that cloak that I had for all the life that I had until that time, I would walk around and kiss myself. I'd kiss my hands and say, I love you. And one day the revelation of who I was crept into my, my, my being and I lost my mind. I started screaming and rejoicing and dancing uh, as to how precious that I truly am. And I started teaching my children the same lesson that I uh, received once I opened myself to learning. And that is this, that I am an endangered species. I am one of a kind. I mean, I am definitely one of a kind, so much so that my fingerprint, they have industries that are built on how unique each and every one of us are. The retina, the fingerprints, voice recognition. I mean, they have industries built on how, on your uniqueness, that when you die, that house that you are in will never be here again. That fingerprint is gone. That voice is gone. We have billions of people on on the earth, and yet your voice is distinct from all of them. Your fingerprint is distinct. That, Nancy, is someone who is truly endangered. You're one of a kind. So you must give yourself the honor, the respect. You must be able to be honorable to your words, to what you say. 
I tell people the reason why you have, you're stuck is because you haven't found your statement of faith. That statement of faith means that you believe this more than life itself. And when you make that statement, you will do the corresponding work that is necessary to manifest your statement. You have to believe it. You have to, as you stated, you believed it so much so that you began to study. You went and got yourself a coach to help you. It caused you, your statement of faith, caused you to take the corresponding actions in order to get the outcome that you desire. People are stuck, Nancy, because they haven't figured that piece out. That's beautiful. Um, Yeah, I love that, that we're an endangered species. And um, I feel passionate about helping people get unstuck. I feel sad for people who are stuck and living in their fears instead of their faith. It's painful. You have to have a faith that everything yeah. happens for a reason. Oh, it's yeah. so painful. And yeah. and it's so, it's the same story. I hear the same story. Like we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. How yeah. you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in all areas all of your area. life. So if you're afraid or stuck in one area, you're afraid and stuck in many areas. Yeah. And I have clients and friends and I can feel how stuck and fearful they are yeah. and they will talk about it, yet they never move beyond it. Yeah. It's always holding them back. And I don't have that fear anymore. I have so much love and trust and confidence in myself. Yeah. You know, we're all responsible. Every choice we make matters. Every choice we make today is the crystal ball of our tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You want to know what your life's going to look like tomorrow? Look at your choices today. But for me, because I've evolved to a place where I trust in what I'm going to do, I, 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 being responsible for my choices is makes me feel amazing because I know if I'm the only one that's responsible, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Because I'm a get it done kind of girl. Yeah. So you have to get to that place where you understand that you are in charge of your choices. And if you choose by not doing something, that's a choice. That's a choice. But Nancy, we, we call it in, in our, in it's, you know, and, and we have all kinds of terminology for it, but it's, as you stated, and in one of your things that I heard, you said, you're an autopilot. And a lot of people live there because I worked in a skilled nursing facility and I was sitting down with people in their 70s, 80s and 90s and so forth. And they ne- they didn't know anything about who they were. And to me, that was such a painful place to be. Um, but it sparked me that that's not what it sparked me to a different choice. And it is not um, an easy choice. People think that this walk of self-development and loving the self is, is, is quick. It is not a quick thing. It is a walk of courage. It is everything that uh, you had mentioned. The fear will keep you there and you have to be courageous to stand up, to believe something. And the reason why people like you are there, I believe uh, a coach does, is point right back to them, to make them aware of the greatness that is within them. And what is that coach trying to do? Try to shift their perspective of how they're looking at themselves within that situation. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, and I tell people Jesus was one of the, uh, the first life coaches that we read about, because every time he did anything, um, he, he, he walked on water, the disciple will say something to him and he'd look at him and says, but where is your faith? <laughs> I mean, you can do the same right. thing I'm doing. He's, he's like, I don't see, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. You can do the same thing. And that is uh, what a life coach does is they know the type of questions to ask to bring the outcome that you yourself desire, but you didn't know the type of question to ask. I look at your stuff, Nancy, and I read of all the things that you have gotten your accreditation in, and it would take me about an hour just to read all of those things. And so I know um, that type personality is someone who hungers for knowledge so that you can be an effective uh, at what you do. Talk to me, Nancy, as to 
I, uh, that day when you had, and I know it's most of it is continually because there are layers there, but talk to me about that day when it happened to you and you realized uh, that, wait a minute, I don't have to be um, on autopilot. I can live a life now of choices. And that's the difference between when someone begins, uh, I say that awakening that takes care, uh, takes place, that you now began to be powerful. You take ownership of your journey. You take ownership of your life. Do you remember that day, Nancy, when you said, uh-huh, I, I, this is what I need to do? Yeah, I, I, I can't say that it, there was a specific aha moment. Mm-hmm. I can say that in all of my coaching certifications, I became more and more and more trusting in the universe. Mm-hmm that the universe has my back, that everything is going to happen exactly as it's supposed to happen. And so I could like give up being the general manager of the universe Mm -hmm. because there was the universe was out there. And if I could just trust that everything was for me, not to me, but for me, and that I just had to listen. See, I've had some experiences in my life that when I didn't listen, I got bigger lessons. Yeah. Always. Uh, a lot of those are around my, my health and my body. I'm an over-exerciser. If I have any kind of um, uh, addiction, it's to exercise. <laughs> and so two times in my life, I over-exercise to the point of letting my immune system get crashed. And the first time I ended up with melanoma. And um, the second time was after Kilimanjaro because I had given my... Because between the melanoma and the Kilimanjaro and the adrenal fatigue, I had made a promise, a commitment to myself to never do more than two things in a day in terms of exercise. Like I could ski and I could hike. Mm -hmm. I could hike and go to yoga. I could bike and go to yoga, you know, but I couldn't ski and hike and go to yoga. Um, I had to have some balance and I had to spend more time working in to balance how much I was working out. And then, and I was fine for a very long time but Kilimanjaro and training hard for six months gave me the excuse to not <laughs> listen to my body again. Mm-hmm. And then I got sick again. And so now I'm on top of it. Like I don't need a third lesson. And so getting out of autopilot for all of us is a matter of looking at our life and seeing where are we on autopilot? Where yeah. are we numbing our feelings? Where are we over shopping or overeating or over drinking or over social media in? Or what are we doing to numb out so we are not aware of our feelings? We don't have to feel our feelings. We don't have to make choices. We can just get go along to get along. Any of you that are out there and are listening to this, you're on autopilot and you have to to move forward in your life, you have to first wake up from that trance and see the areas in your life where you're stuck, where you're just going through the motions, where you're not feeling your feelings, and then come up with action steps that are going to keep you out of autopilot. They need to be honest, though. They need to be. That's the space where you need to be honest with yourself. Um, Yes. And... uh, when you answer those questions, you have to be honest. You cannot lie. If you lie, you're not going to move. And once you are begin to become honest with yourself, that is, to me, where you begin um, the transformation, the honesty, that pure thing. Because what have you discovered when you become honest? You're going to discover your statement of faith, that thing, as you begin to rip away all those other beliefs and whatever that little thing that sits there and when you when you reach there you will make the agreement to move forward life is a sum of your agreements and so you made an agreement to yourself and your agreement to yourself nancy was i can only do two and the minute you broke that (laughs) you know yeah the universe came knocking came right back because yeah. you you yeah. you disagreed, you were not honest with yourself, and because of that, it cost you something. And so, your agreement that you make are what I call those statement of faith. And the reason why I keep saying that, Nancy, is because you got to believe this thing more than anything else, because it's going to guide you 
Number one, it's going to make you get up. Number two, it's going to guide you when the times get tough, when you don't want to do the extra step. That statement will come up and it'll arise and you will get this strength that you didn't know was there from that agreement that you made to yourself. Talk to them, as you said, to get unstuck. You were talking about uh, where I interjected about being honest with yourself because that's where I believe is the the true beginning. And recognizing that every choice matters and that you are responsible for your choices. And something you said about loving yourself and the statement of faith is that The way you feel about yourself for staying in alignment with your choices is what makes you love yourself. Yes. So recognizing that every choice matters, that you're the one that's responsible is a gift. Mm -hmm. And when you're out of autopilot and you're recognizing your choices, you're asking yourself questions, you know, Mm -hmm. will this propel me forward or keep me in the past? Is this an act of faith or is this an act of fear? Yeah. You know, ask yourself some of these questions. Am I doing this for myself or am I doing this to please another? All of these questions are questions to pop you out of autopilot and help you recognize that you can move forward and all you have to do is step out of your comfort zone and take that first small step and teach yourself over and over and over again by chunking everything down to little bite-sized steps that you can do hard stuff and you can move forward. All of that, all of that is on you. And instead of seeing it as a bad thing, see it as a good thing. Instead of thinking the victim mode that All these things are happening to you and I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm too old. I don't have the money. I don't have the the intelligence. I don't have the, the, you know, I don't have the tools. I don't know this stuff. Get out there and do it step by step, little by little. And if you don't know how to do something, find out who does. A lot of times it's not the how, it's the who. Who can I get to teach me this? Who can I get to support me? Who can I get to help me do this thing I want to do? Until you learn that, you know, I mean, nobody can do it all. So for me, that's why I love coaching and I and I get coaches. If I want to learn something new, I hire somebody to help me do it so I can, you know, cut down on how long it's going to take me to do something and know that I'm going to learn the best way, the quickest way and get the most support I can get. That's coaching's the same way. You know, nobody gets to the Olympics without a coach. If there's something out there you want to do, either hire somebody or get an accountability partner, you know, get a friend, get somebody. I don't usually recommend a partner because then you end up fighting with each other. Like, (laughs) don't tell me what I can eat or what I can do. You know, you like, don't throw that back in my face. But a friend, you you know, yeah. you can, you'll take it from, you know, so you that. can always get a friend to support you yeah. and say what you want out loud, put it on paper, make it real. Let that be a map for where you're going and not just something that's in your head. Tell somebody about it. It becomes more real. Write it down. It becomes more real. Those are things that you can do to help you get out of autopilot and actually get off the couch and move forward. And I know I've said this before, not on this podcast, but other podcasts, because I heard it a few months ago and I love it. The last person in the race still beats the person on the couch. Wow, that's that's profound in its way. Those guys, everyone that is yeah. listening to this conversation, um, you can't afford a, a coach. I got one for you. Her name is Nancy. And she wrote this book called Bigger, Better, and Braver. Buy that book. Give it to your friends. Give it to your mother, your grandmother, everybody. Just buy the book uh, because that is your personal coach. And Nancy, I always tell them, when you buy and you purchase the book of someone that has gone through that journey, what you are, when you're reading you're having that private time that she talks about. You're having that one-on-one that you can still call her and get that, but you can also get it with the book. You can sit down, find your space of comfort, get your tea, 
and Nancy will be coaching you as you read those books because the insight that she will give to you are right there in between those lines written down because she knows it, she has lived it, it is a part of her. And when you read those words, you're actually hearing her speak to you. So you can get a private one-on-one for really cheap. I keep telling people about this stuff, you know, Um, but buy the book because you have deposited all of those things that you have learned in the journey. And the book is designed to be a how-to, to get you connected into um, your your lifelong uh, dream that you want to attain. And uh, if you need additional stuff, get in touch with her, call her up, get to her space, get to her website, get into the programs so that she can usher you and to get you to create the best you possible on this space while we occupy this this beautiful planet of ours. Um, Nancy, I want you to talk to me about one, uh, because you have acquired much as to all of your certification. And what it shows me is just someone that, as I mentioned, someone that is driven to learn, uh, to become proficient in the uh, the uh, art of of dealing with people and to uh, help someone to become the best person possible. Talk to me, Nancy, as to when you had a conversation with one of yours. If you can recollect, uh, just pull one of them because I know you have tons of them, of when you, um, after a series of conversation, that that person, that light, light bulb mo- moment took place and boom, talk to me about that space because the freedom that they uh, receive brings you to that other mm-hmm. gift and life that I tell the, uh, the audience that the ones that are living from their gift, we live in a space of joy. Talk to me about that. Well, I, you know, because I'm a shadow coach, I, I work with people every day and the aha moments when they figure out what's been keeping them stuck yeah. is like a light bulb goes off yeah. and it's not a place where they then beat themselves up for having it because mm-hmm. those beliefs were there to protect you and they yeah. did. But, um, you know, I'll give you an example. I had a very successful 60 some odd year old CEO client who was miserable and hated his job. And he thought his marriage was also like not mm. working. And we started to work together and very quickly he realized it wasn't his marriage and he just wasn't happy within himself Mm -hmm. and he wasn't happy in his job. And the shadow belief that we uncovered was that he needed to make his parents proud. Mm -hmm. And as a little boy, his older brother was like the bad boy who did everything wrong, who caused his parents a lot of pain. And he had made the belief that he was going to always make his parents proud. Hmm. Here he is, 65 years old, successful, a father, a grandfather, and his parents were proud. And he didn't need to stay in this job any longer to because that wounded little boy thought that he couldn't leave. And he gave notice. He left his job. He like within a week, he was given three other better opportunities that he loved. Mm -hmm. He's so happy. He thinks I'm like the best thing that ever happened. (laughs) It's really pretty funny. It's really, Uh really pretty funny, but it was just inside of him or women who are afraid Like, I'm not the only woman out there who has this belief that they're not safe alone. I had a client who uncovered that when she was like four years old, her father, she wasn't, she kept getting out of bed at night and her father came in and screamed at her that he was going to put her in the basement and lock the door if he yelled one more time. Then so she's always been afraid to be alone. I mean, on and on and on. So many women who have been sexually abused who then think that they need to be invisible. And so they become anorexic or they become obese. All these things they do that they think they're being invisible, which really isn't making them invisible, but but they think that it is. And all of these beliefs, so they uncover such amazing why their voice doesn't matter 
and um, just you know, why they won't be chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Why they won't be chosen when they uncover that, you know, this, this sibling was this one's favorite and this sibling yeah. was that one's favorite and they were nobody's favorite. And, um, or they had a child with special needs or a, a sibling who died and they thought they had to be perfect or they were going to die. I mean, we have such beliefs inside of us that are controlling us yeah. and we, we have to uncover them so that they lose their power. Yep. Because once you uncover them as an adult, you can say, oh, wow, that's not true anymore. Yeah. And yet you are never going to get to that place if you don't uncover them. They have all the power as long as they stay in your subconscious. Yeah, I agree. And um, those, again, that are listening to us, Nancy is here. And that's one of the reasons why I'm excited that uh, she came is so that I want you guys to know that someone is here trained and ready for you to get in touch with them so that she can usher you and walk with you, hold your hands. She loves this stuff. You can hear it in her voice. Do. You can talk, Every you can pick it up, that her energy is all about this and bringing you to a space of freedom, a place of making choices and to disconnect you from that space where we call autopilot and so that you can become the best you. Nancy, I want to thank you for coming, Threads of Enlightenment. This has been fun. I've had so much fun with this particular conversation because, uh, again, your energy, your excitement, and your accomplishment uh, that you have done and what you're doing today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.